Spreading faster than a case of the clap in a trailer court. Able to shatter eardrums within a 666 mile radius. A podcast more brutal than all the rest. It's murder! Metal! Shane, totally killing it on that fucking intro. Wow. (laughs) Shane Borchuk, our our co-pilot here at Murder Metal Mayhem, one of the hosts we bring in like we... Like we're doing tonight, but Shane's not here with us. But man, that intro, that intro was great. Is perfect, dude. Fucking, fucking amazing. Classic. What's up, motherfuckers? Hell yeah. We're yeah. at Horntie Studios for the Horntie Podcast hey, hey. Network and doing a special bonus episode. That's why you hear a little more chaos in the background because we got some people here uh, involved. I got Chris here in studio with me, of course. Yep. Joey in the 419 in Toledo and. Tex, backed by popular demand in his own Longhorns High studios down in Texas. So how is everybody doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. Hate work, but really good. 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 Just chilling, man. How's the weather been like down there, Tex? Hot and stinky. Hot and stinky. (laughs) Yeah. We had a spell of that, but it's been a little cooler this week. But, yeah, it was really humid last week. But, yeah. Yeah, I know Texas can get brutal. That's for sure. All right. Well, it was. Yeah. What about you, Joey? What? Your catalytic converter safe over there in the 419? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we're doing good good over here. (laughs) Good. Yeah. I don't know. Fucking. A lot of things going on since I moved up here, which is cool. Yeah. I stay busy, and there's this, like, I'm always going to a show or something fucking around every corner around here, but... I noticed uh, you've been going to a lot of these I here recently. Too, yeah. That's awesome, dude. I mean, and I get it. I ain't got no kids and all that shit, so it's easier for me just to do it. But really, sure. the thing is, it's like, because Stephanie works third shifts, she's either sleeping or gone a lot of times that I'm up anyway. Oh. So it's like, fuck it. If there's something to do, might as well go fucking do it. Yeah, right, right. That's cool. Oh, Very yeah. cool. All right. Well, I'm... Uh, Definitely fired up for this one. Um, And it was so cool over the weekend. Uh, Rebecca Boomsock, our longtime listener, always contributes to the the Killer Cage match numbers. Dude, so much. Yeah, and she was texting me about that she was going to be coming back from Florida um, on a trip, and uh, she was getting married, which I didn't know anything about that, which was a surprise. But Congratulations, by the way. So congrats to Rebecca, and I met her husband, Jason, really cool dude. Hell they yeah. showed up and on Sunday, gave them, of course, the Grand Tour. Uh, Rebecca was like, kind of like awestruck, I think, because it's like, holy shit, like I've seen so many pictures of this, but it's like, it's like a trip being here, you know? So she was really looking around <laughs> at all the little things, you know, the, the, the detail stuff here. So there's a lot to soak in. And it was great to, to see them both. So, uh, so yeah, that was really a special they yeah. don't get to do very often, so fuck yeah. Uh, what t-shirts we got on, Chris? What are, you, what are you doing over there? At the old uh, 
Waco Jesus fucking shirt with the chick bonded with her nippies hanging out and shit. That's a that's a nice family type, you know, T-shirt. U.S. scum grind. <laughs> Very cool. And Tex, I see what you got happening over there, but the listeners can't see you. So what are you wearing over there? Got the old school Murder Metal Mayhem shirt on. The Looking original in. T-shirt. Hell oh, yeah. yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And Joey, what about you, dude? I got this Anthrax uh, Knotman shirt. Uh, nice. Fucking old 80s old style. Old school. Art. Old yep. school. Yeah, I love yeah, that yeah. shit. Very cool. What about the hat, Joey? Uh, this is uh, the, the blue. Putrid pile. Putrid pile hat. Yep, fucking. That's cool. Uh, it's got a glare. Stitching. I couldn't quite see yeah. it till you bent forward. So. And let me fucking say, I'm not. I'm not a huge vinyl collector. I say that, and I keep buying fucking records. <laughs> right. right I've right. noticed. I've but, noticed. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, fucking Future Pile's first album, Collection of Butchery, came out, like, fucking on vinyl. And I was like, what the fuck? It's one of my favorite albums. Like, I got to get it. It was like 45 bucks shipped from overseas. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever. Right. Fucking, for one of my favorite albums, I'll fucking grab it. So I got that. I was happy with it, whatever. And then fucking check my email the other day. And oh, his second album, Pleasure and oh, Suffering, no. is pre-orders up for vinyl for that. Oh, and I'm like, motherfucker! <laughs> right? So I fucking spent that money too, and fucking yep. had that coming. But uh, yep. yeah, whenever it's one of your favorite bands, I mean, fucking all the exactly. media just to support, you know? Exactly, yeah. exactly. No, that's that that's funny, and I could totally relate to that whole thing for sure. And I got my schizophrenia shirt on. Love Fuck those yeah. guys. Uh, Belgium friggin' thrash death band, amazing. Interviewed them uh, earlier last year, right after their album came out, Recollections of the Insane. Just been blowing it up. They've been tearing it up over there in Europe, playing some of these really big fests and supporting some pretty big names in the biz. So uh, oh, love yeah. seeing it. There's such a fun, nice group of guys. Uh, just super cool when I did that interview with them. So fucking right. Dude. So yeah, that that's awesome. Now oh, last yeah. week we actually took the week off, and I by mistake set those bonuses to go too early. So they were like out like Memorial yeah. Day weekend. I was like, wow, that's. Cool. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I don't must have looked at the dates and fucked it up. So anyway. That was for our listeners. Exactly. So they got them a few days early. And one was the interview I did with Mick, which I got to say is over 800 listens. Oh, that God. may be the most listens we've had to an interview since we've been right. doing them. Damn. So Mick, man, bring in the sexy back. I mean, the, the women love that Australian you know, <laughs> yeah, accent. You know, I don't yeah. know what it is, but... Mick, uh, if you're listening, dude, thank you for, for doing that for us. And uh, glad to see people digging on uh, that full interview because it was a sure lot of fun. And he even outdid Stee and Gunderson of Blood Red Throne. That one did really well, though, at passing 500, which is, which is good, you know. Uh, so that's why 800 is like crazy. Uh, but if you missed either one of those, go give them a listen. Uh, those are both bonus episodes that came out right at the end of, uh, of May. Um, now, Sunday, I did an interview with Joe DeBias, a buddy of mine from way back in the day, from the 80s, the bass player uh, of Fate's Warning for many years, uh, also currently with Withering Scorn, which is a new project that he's doing with the uh, Do Drover brothers, Glenn and Sean, 
Uh, both of those guys, of course, from Megadeth, which is fucking amazing. Right. And yeah. Glenn was a guitarist in King Diamond for a few years. So a huge, you know, band that I love. So I think that's awesome. So this is like an all-star band here. Really, really good stuff. And I did an interview with Joe. It was like 35 minutes long. And so that was super cool. Uh, but tonight, we're starting off... Fuck. Uh, shitty fucking dads piece of shit dads to be more exact chris of june <laughs> and doing a feature on the south carolina attorney turned fucking mayhem madman murderer alex murda and okay. it's it's a wild story it was a challenge to pare this thing down to a normal like two hour or less episode his sensational trial a couple months back got a lot of people really interested in the story. I mean, there's financial crimes, there's murder, there's fucking drunken boat accidents and people falling down staircases. It's a lot of mayhem around one family. And this one, you know, is an interesting story because you got the family that's like fucking royalty in that area and, not, and there's just everything's going on fucking yeah total fucked up shit going on but this was called the low country in south carolina um that part of the state is where their name the murdoch name was just huge all right and i'm not gonna lie I didn't really follow this fucking case very much i know you guys did so i'm curious no, to didn't. see how you guys i know yeah. i'm curious to see how you guys as we're going through this, we talk about it like, from a vantage point of somebody that wasn't like immersed in it. I mean, I obviously check shit out, but I didn't fucking like. Yeah, I, I really was really involved. I almost did this whole thing from memory. No shit. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, how yeah. well I knew this one. I was touching base with facts, but a lot of it I did just because I know the story. So I'm interested to see how we all do this because we always do it our own special way. But tonight is a bonus episode, so if you're a first-time listener, this is a different way. Uh, the podcast is usually in three segments. Murder, of course. We do true crime. Metal, we talk about heavy metal, feature a band. And then wild stories in the mayhem segment, do the killer cage matches and all that shit. Tonight, though, we're doing one topic, Alex Murdoch, because this is a big story, a lot of facets to it. And I knew it was going to be way too much to put in a normal episode without it being like eight hours long. So that's why we're doing it this way. Um, but big thanks to everybody that's listening to us. I mean, we appreciate it. Uh, last week, we're at about 1,800, which really isn't bad since there really wasn't an episode last week um, uh, other than those two bonuses that right. weekend before. Um, yeah, but we didn't have shit. That's awesome. Yeah. So appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we don't normally take a week off like that, but it's just it's just brutal. And I got a book getting ready Labor to come out, so I got shit. a lot going on. Or Memorial Day weekend. I exactly, mean. yeah. So make sure you guys check out that website, MurderMentalMayhem.com. We've talked about that a lot. I got a web store on there. I'm getting ready to do some updates to both websites, my writing one and ours. So you'll see some new things here next week or two. Um, but we got a lot on our plate tonight, guys, going down to the Palmetto State of South Carolina. And hopefully we can avoid a hail of bullets and talk about some Alex Murdoch. So looking forward to it. Now, Tex, what is it about this case that made you want to come on and and get involved in this episode? 
there's not a lot of cases that you can say what the fuck and then <laughs> in this case you say what the fuck about 20 times you know this is one oh, of those God. cases and i know every small town in south yeah. like in the south has a family that's like untouchable but these fuckers pretty much own right. five whole counties you know what i'm saying they were bullies and master manipulators <laughs> right, right. for generations in South Carolina. So, for them to finally get yeah, justice, man, it's really, I really bad. Yeah, for their name to to finally get disgraced is poetic justice. So that's that's why I wanted to come on. Yeah, that that's a good reason, and I agree with all that. That's for sure. Now, Chris, we've done some of these family annihilators before. The one that always comes to mind, John List. And his name actually came up in the Murdoch trial, which was interesting. What is it, though, that allows somebody to fucking cross that line and kill their fucking family, dude? I don't know. Fucking maybe a lot of times greed, fucking insurance shit. Fucking a lot of times just like... I'm just stick sick of dealing with your shit, right? Like, or like in the John List case, you know, he uh, he just wanted to start anew, and he 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 felt like he was gonna, you know, fall under financially, and didn't want to be like on welfare, and just couldn't deal, so he killed his whole family. It's just fucked up. Only known about the yeah. ceiling. Yeah, that chandelier. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was an interesting story, John List. But we've done those family annihilators, and it's just it's just staggering to think that somebody could do that you know and joey this yep. one got a lot of media attention um i think because like texas saying you got the you know the fall from grace you know the the wealthy the the rich and famous you know taking one on the chin uh for once you know uh what do you think man yeah uh you know, like my stance on this one, I got a little played out on this case, but I'm glad we're doing it because I want to do, you know, any subject for the podcast. Sure. But personally, I was into this case way back because whenever the son, mm-hmm. Paul, got in the boat wreck, I'm right. talking before any of this, before any of him dying yeah. or any of that, I, I heard about that shit on true crime shit and internet sleuths talking about that. Right. So that, that was already, had come out, and then all the shit with Alec came out. And I was the same way. I, like, watched it for a while. Plus, like, since I'm big on interrogations, they did a bunch with that case, so I saw that. A lot of them, yeah. But then uh, by the time the trial came out, though, I just got so fucking overplayed on it because every dumbass bitch that was on YouTube that showed you how to do her (laughs) makeup had a thing about it, too, you know? And I was like... and, and, And this wasn't the only case. I talked about this before, that fucking... The kid, the fucking... Yeah, I I can't remember his name. name, But, but yeah, Fauci. uh, Yeah, Fauci. There's just a couple of that, like, you know what I'm saying? After a while, it's like, okay, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, But at the same time, I like how we do it because then I think we cover a lot of different bases and put a lot of different perspectives on things. Yeah, Same thing I, we are talking about, we do the Lori Vallow case. I mean, that's fucking one that's also been covered to death. Oh, God, saying? yeah. But but it's a good one, and we're going to give our perspective when we do it. So. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think this one is just perfect for us. There's a lot of, you know, there's some just ridiculous shit, like Texas saying, you know, like what the fuck moments, but like repeatedly with this one. So, um, so yeah, it's just uh, an interesting story to tell. Now, one thing about the name, um, if you look at the spelling of it, it looks like Murdaugh, 
but they pronounce it Murdoch, and I've even He's heard him the say. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's not the A team, bro. Right, right. <laughs> I also heard Alex actually say Murdoch. So I'm going to uh, just say Murdoch. Um, I'm not getting all into the weeds with the pronunciation, but oh, I'm going to use Murdoch. And uh, <laughs> his first name is actually Richard, middle name Alexander. So he went by Alex, or he says Alex. So this is just a very confusing Alex, Alec, Murdoch, Murdaw, Murdit. You know, it's ridiculous. So <laughs> Alex Murdoch is just what I'm gonna, how I'm going to say. It. Right. Yeah. Uh, I just know there's a lot of people that really passionately follow this case that would probably be like commenting about the like wrong. You said his fucking name wrong. Yeah. yeah. You're if you're yeah. listening to Murder Metal Man for the first time, we're gonna do it our way, and that's just the way we do it. Wait till, wait till you hear me. We might not make fun of your voice. We might yeah. not do that. Yeah, we might not do that. And wait until you hear me talk about Ted Boonday. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> oh, God. So there's a lot of names with this case, and I purposely took out the ones that were not necessary to simplify this because, like Tex was saying, this is a very complicated story, but... I think with taking a lot of the extraneous stuff out and just giving you some facts and telling the meat of the story about the murders, of course, but the other stuff is important, but I didn't want to get all bogged down with all the names. So that's why I intentionally a lot. left a lot of them out. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. The docu-series, I'm going to get to those later. But, you know, keep in mind with, you know, the story centers around Alex his wife, Maggie, and their two kids, Buster and Paul. Buster was a nickname. His real name is Richard, like a junior. Richard. But Buster was his grandpa's name, and that's kind of a famous or well-known family name. So it's kind of an honor, I think, to call him that. But So that's what we're talking about. All Not right? if you in the hood. You a Buster. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now, you know, we're going to talk about this double murder on june 7 2021 which was two years ago tomorrow so yeah. uh, kind of crazy nuts. yeah he yeah. did he he wanted a speedy trial on purpose because i think they thought they were going to catch the prosecution unprepared so they wanted the speedy trial so that's why because normally these go drag on for fucking years and this only happened two years ago which is kind of wild when you think about it um, but there's other events, though, that led up to the murders, like I said, which we're going to get into. So I'm going to do it in a kind of a chronological way uh, rather than jumping all over the place. But Tex, why don't you set the table for us? You mentioned how well you know known this family was, but how entrenched were they in the legal system and why were they so you know, well known and, and revered? Yeah, the family had been around the area since like 1880-something. And then uh, Randolph Sr. started a family law firm in 1910. And then uh, since then, there have been three consecutive generations of Randolph Murdoughs that were elected to the district uh, prosecuting attorney's position. And that was from 1920 to 2006, 86 damn years. So they were well entrenched. It's <laughs> crazy. Just, yeah. Yeah. One family, multi generation. Yeah. 
to say it was Murdoch country wow. would be putting it mildly. You know what I mean? If you get on their bad side, you're in a world yeah. of shit. Yeah, because that law firm tax, I mean, they had a shitload of attorneys. I mean, you see that building looks like a fucking high school. It's like, holy <laughs> yeah, shit, you know, in it's a pretty small ass significant building in this small town. Yep. And they like owned it. I mean, but they had a lot of attorneys there. So definitely not people you'd want to be pissing off uh, with yeah, all that know. kind of power money, of course, and. And a lot of mystery, too, uh, but uh, we're going to get to some of it centered around from these, uh, this particular family of Murdoch. So, so July 2015, this all starts. The body of Stephen Smith is found in the middle of a country road only a few miles from the Murdoch home. Now, this home at this time, because they moved a little bit, but this one is known as Moselle, which was on Moselle Road. But it's this massive hunting property. When I say massive, I looked it up. 1,700 acres. That's That's 2.6 square miles. So this is a monstrous estate or property that they used for hunting and so forth. But on Moselle Road in Walterboro, South Carolina, in Colleton County. Uh, Now... Barrett Bullware, and I know I'm not pronouncing that right. There's a weird way you pronounce that name, but I'm just pronouncing it as it's spelled. He owned the property before Alex bought it and was using it as an airstrip to fly drugs in because that dude was convicted of drug smuggling. This area was very popular for drug smugglers being that close to the water and this dude, Bullware, and Alex did lots of business. Oh, yeah, Alice represented him multiple times, bought the house off of him, and they co-owned an island off the coast of South Carolina. I wonder what that was used for. Gee, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> very, very interesting here with that relationship with those two. But Stephen was openly gay, 19-year-old. Very sketchy situation. His car is found at a gas down this country road. So some believed, you know, he ran out of gas and then started walking to, you know, get help. Yeah, good gas or whatever. Yeah, whatever. But very odd. His wallet was left in the car. Yeah, I was going to say, he left his wallet. Yeah, and he didn't call anybody, which is weird. He had a cell phone, but maybe there was no service there. Don't I'm not really sure about that. God dang, South Carolina ain't right. got no signal. <laughs> yeah, so the injuries, though, made it look like he was struck in the head by something like a baseball bat versus getting hit by a car. Right, didn't have, like, no road rash or anything Yeah, like no that, road rash at all. His shoes were still area. on. Right. Uh, no signs on the side of the road of, like, debris or any, like, mirror or breakage or anything from a vehicle. So very suspicious. Um, why didn't he call his sister? Don't know. The family claimed he would have walked through the fields and not on the road, so that wasn't like him to be out on the road. Uh, Buster Murdoch, the oldest son of Alex Buster. and Maggie, old Buster, um, <laughs> he's known to be associated with Stephen, and there's some inferences there, but don't really know. Supposedly, Stephen was tutoring him, but we don't know. You know, again, they're making some inferences there. And Buster, you know, he, of course, denies this, and we'll, we'll get into that. But, Chris, right. I mean, that could be a 
yeah. an angle here with the with well, the like hate it, crime. Well, like you said, it came back as like a hit and run, which is kind of fucked up. But oh, there no. was instances that like they were talking about it. It was a hate crime. His mother was very adamant about it. Like, no, the, this was not a hit and run. Like, he got beat up because he's gay. And you're in, yeah. You're in South Carolina. You're not gonna. No offense against people from South Carolina. No, no, no offense all. against anybody. <laughs> no, I mean we live in a rural part of, of right, Illinois. But, we get it. I mean, that's it, that mentality. You know, but like later on, after like uh, the the murders or of the of his wife and kid or whatever, like. They want to exhume him up and shit and check out, wait, what really fucking happened to him? Right, and they and, did, and they did yeah. exhume him. They raised the money to do that, which is which is amazing. Um, but they, uh, they also, I saw, Chris, that they found something. They've never said what that something is. When they were investigating the murders of Maggie and Paul that was related to Stephen Smith, which is what's caused them to reopen the investigation. Right. Don't know what that is, though. Is it something on a cell phone, I'm guessing? A message? A picture? Don't know. You know, so interesting. I mean, you can't release everything to the public before you use it. Of course. Of course. But, you know, just curious know. What, what exactly it is, right? But like I said, Buster Murdaugh has denied, you know, having anything to do with this, denied having any sort of relationship with Stephen, just that they knew each other from school and then he tutored him. You know why he's denied it all? Because he's not a buster. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> he's, <not. laughs> he's a bottom. <laughs> so there's lots of rumors, but, you know, that's all it really is. Um, this is the first known instance, though, of some possible ties to Murdoz and a dead body. All right. So this was, you know, the Stephen Smith case kind of started this. And there's going to be more. Um, and Buster also got some bad press when he fucking got kicked out of law school for oh, cheating. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, so like, you I'm know, trying to follow in your family's fucking footprints as yeah. a badass lawyer. And Alex offered to pay him sixty grand, the school, to let him back in, and they told him, "Fuck like, you, get fucked." Yeah, so yeah. hats off to them. But uh, definitely some red flags with Buster, but don't really know. Um, some major discrepancies between the county and state on this investigation into Stephen Smith, because like we were saying, some of the cops were saying it was a hit and run, but I think it was the state cops are like, uh, I don't fucking think so. Right. Looking at what are you looking at? Yeah, there's no evidence of a hit and run here. So you know, no skid marks, no debris, no like Chris said, road rash on him. So. Another thing that's interesting about the Murdochs is Randy Murdoch, that's Alex's older brother and law partner, he approached Stephen's mother and said he would offer free services if needed, which is kind of suspicious, especially, you know, could it be that maybe he's trying to cover up some shit to hide right. some evidence? Don't know. I had read somewhere he got Stephen's phone, but I am not 100% sure of that because that is what I've been wondering. Why don't they have his phone? Because they could probably get some information off of that. Like if he tried to call it. Yeah, who is he going to see or whatever? Because he claimed that he was seeing a rich, older man. So some people have been speculating, was that Randy Murdoch? And that's why he wanted that phone. I don't know. Like I said, there's so much conjecture. And like Joey brought up, 
there's every wingnut on the planets doing podcasts about <laughs> Alex Murdoch. You know, there's some really good ones, but there's also some yeah, real bad yeah. ones. You know, so so who knows? A lot of speculation here. Just interesting things about this case. Um, but the mom has gotten uh, attorneys, two new attorneys, a GoFundMe that paid for the exhumation and to represent her in this whole situation. So, so we'll see because that uh, that is a whole part of this that we're not even getting into detail. That's just the basics. But Joey, what's the next dead body that shows up here on the on the door, literally on the doorstep of the Murdochs? <laughs> Literally, uh, uh, in February of 2018, so they got a housekeeper. She's been there for a long time with them. Gloria Satterfield. She's 57 now. Right. She falls. She falls down the front stairs, and she gets a very massive head injury, which you know later on she ended up succumbing to. But she, you know, supposedly she told Alex that she had tripped over their dogs. Right. And I mean, he's the only person that would have heard that or anything else. But you know. When did she tell him that? I don't know. It's I don't know how long she was alive after that. Yeah, because she was unconscious. Right. So I mean, like he claims she told him this in a lucid moment and then went under again. But then later on, he fucking uh, you know back talked that and said that he he you know did have something to do with it so he could get the insurance money. Right. Um, Yeah, that's just recent. That just recently happened that he admitted to the that he was. Full of shit. She didn't tell him right. that. And you got to listen to the whole thing and then put that in perspective because he just, he he never stopped this whole time with all kinds of crazy shit. And this was just part of it, you know. Right. And like Pete said, this just yep. came out. Like uh, any of the shit that we talk about here, there's probably going to be more shit. Oh, sure. Know, not too, so we could do a, a brutal rewind, I'm sure. But Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's I amazing. I don't know, but... But that's a second body that's linked, and this one's right there, like you said, on their doorstep. Like that happened. You had, a, you know, this dead body is on your property and definitely linked to you. However, of course, nobody's right. getting any charges. It's fucking ruled accidental. But. Yeah, because yeah, I think with the dogs, I'm not an attorney, of course. I just play one on right. a podcast. But, <laughs> but, but I believe the issue with the dogs makes it negligence, and I think that's what would have kicked yep. up that insurance up to the mega millions. Oh, yeah. So yeah. if she didn't trip over the dogs and it was just a slip and fall, it would have been, you know, a decent amount of money, but the negligence the owner, homeowner's dog caused the fucking yeah so that's yeah. what so that's what made it this monstrous case and he rigs up this crazy ass fucking situation here which we're going to get into i mean what a scheming motherfucker because he does some dirty shit to her two sons so she's got two boys one of them is special needs so that makes this even fucking worse he tells him he's going to, quote, take care of him. He thought he would oh. get him about a hundred grand a piece. Yeah, okay. Yeah, which that. is like nothing compared to what this fuckwad fucking did. Because what he does is he sues himself. It's a total fucking scam. He has his lawyer buddy, this dude he went to law school with, sue him. And so he, because he can't sue himself, so he gets this lawyer to sue him, and he and tells the boys, behalf, basically, he tells the boys, "I'm going to take care of you. This is a way to get a lot of money." And he gets over four million dollars 
and doesn't give them a fucking penny. He, he could have given them both a hundred grand. They would have shut fine. up and tickled the fucking death, yeah, and nothing like, ever cool, would have come. Thank in. you. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't replace my mom. But of course. Thank you for giving he, me this. Yeah, this he gave helps. him what he told him he'd give him. Right? No. So he's got to keep the whole four point whatever million. It's fucked up, and he strung them out for years about this shit. They wind up finding about it in a newspaper article. Somebody calls them like, wow, you guys got $4 million? I'm like, what? <laughs> so there is a current lawsuit going on with the insurance company because now they want that money back because this was a Murdo, scam yeah. from whoever, right? I don't even know how the fuck they're going to get that back, but they want their money back. And so if the boys did wind up getting anything, they're probably going to have to give a lot of it back, which... It's just beyond fucked up, adding insult to injury. But this shit, you know, he did to those boys is just unbelievable. And he did this over and over and over again. Dozens and dozens of people, one story after another, millions, millions. We could have done an entire podcast just on that shit. But that is just a little tip of the iceberg on the financial side of this. Now, Tex, what do you think about the whole Gloria Satterfield situation here with with old alex murdoch man i think it was well it was definitely shady from the beginning um just uh in the investigation portion there was no coroner involved there was no autopsy performed um her death certificate even said uh it was from natural causes i think her and paul i think you're right to an argument yeah uh, I think her and Paul probably got into an argument. I think he pushed her down the stairs. You know, you don't mess with Paul. Um, I don't care, or I don't know if uh, Alex had anything to do with the actual incident, but uh, being the master manipulator he is and trying to keep all these cases close to the vest and so that they're in control of it, uh, he definitely conned the shit out of her family and the insurance company, that's for sure. Yeah, and, yeah. It's terrible. Like you said, many, many times. Yeah, it's unbelievable what this guy did. I mean, really, this is terrible. So he's just robbing Peter to pay Paul. It's like he's borrowing money and he's spending money, and it's just it's nuts. So now it's yeah. February 2019, and now we're getting into old Pearl Paul Murdoch, the youngest son. He's 19 years old. And as Joey alluded to, takes the family boat with six of his friends and gets absolutely fucking hammered. I mean, like nation fucking hammered. Oh, dude, he was like, he had a good, it was like 2.2, it was like triple the limit. Yeah, really, really. It was triple the limit hours after the event. Oh, right, right. right. Yeah, not, not. Not when it happened, like hours after. Yeah, that that's crazy. That's so crazy. He was hammered all the time and doing dumb shit. He had this weird alter ego that he called, or they called Timmy, which was really weird because they talked about Timmy like he was a real person. But he would Timmy. start. He would start flexing like, his like fingers. Call him Michael Wayne. He would start flexing his fingers out, and they said that's when Timmy came out. And he oh, was just shit. like over the top fucking whacked. Right. Getting all crazy <laughs> and challenging people to fights and just really crazy shit. But Timmy, this alter ego, Timmy. which is fucking whacked. And I guarantee <laughs> you that would have been part of his defense 
if he would have lived to see that trial because that oh, alter no, that ego, wasn't even me, dude. Timmy, that was that Timmy. That was a totally different person. Yeah, that was Timmy. That was Timmy. So the whole reason they took the boat was to avoid the road checkpoints because they were going out partying and they were going to hit some bars along the way. So, yeah, so these these kids were out to, you know, party and, hey, Beach that's bars, all good. Baby. But you shouldn't be out there driving and definitely not, you know, driving a boat um, because he was driving like a fucking idiot. Um, so they're all underage. Uh, Paul's older brother, Buster, he gets his ID and uses that. Now, meanwhile, he's a lot smaller than Buster. Yeah, I was going to say, they don't even really kind of look a lot. They do I mean, a little bit, but... You could definitely tell the difference. So so this clerk got in a bunch of trouble. I know at the, the convenience yeah, store where he bought yeah. the liquor, beer, you know and that stuff. Ain't, that, that ain't who that was. You know. Right. So Did you po- see the, the video when he's fucking coming out of that store and he's got the beer? Yeah. He's like, Fuck yeah, guys. He's throwing his yeah. hands up. And shit. Yeah, he holds he holds the 12 pack yeah. up like, fuck yeah, you know. Yeah, like right there on camera. I mean, all this yeah. stuff, if you've never watched anything on this, the shit we're talking about, a lot of it's on video, which oh, is really crazy, it, yeah. you know. So they're yeah. out partying. He winds up wrecking this boat. I mean, he's driving this thing like a maniac at high speeds, doing fucking circles and all this shit. Hits a fucking concrete support under a bridge. Knocks him and two other people out of the fucking boat. One of them is Mallory Beach. Uh, it's she funny is, they were on the water. Her last name's Beach. Is Beach, it? yeah, for sure. Um, her boyfriend <laughs> was another one that knocked out of the boat. Him and Paul got swam back, but Mallory never showed up. And they wind up finding her body like uh, a week later. later. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, but there's video like the 911, like the body cam video shows Paul laughing. And the boyfriend's like, what the fuck are you laughing at and shit? And he's just yeah. like laughing about it. Like, right. what the he's fuck? Like, Keep that motherfucker away from me. That's yeah. What he told the cops. Yeah. He said his dad is Alex Murdoch. Good luck with uh, that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I didn't yeah. see the video, but I heard the yeah. fucking yeah. audio from the body cam. Yeah. 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 So definitely everybody knew the fix was in here. But, yeah. you know, he was Paul's best friend and it really ruined, obviously, their friendship. Well, just fucked course. up. And a lawsuit, fucking nightmare. My God, all the other people got hurt. You know, they were fucked up from that sudden stop and being hurled from a fucking boat. Now, Chris, because Paul was a Murdoch, immediately the fix is fucking in here. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, he did. Basically, they own the fucking town. Like, so. They fucking wrecked the boat, and fucking, if it was me in that boat, and I fucking wrecked that shit, and I was fucking yeah, hours you'd later, have been still cuffs. three minutes over the limit, my ass would be fucking <laughs> locked up, fucking, right. especially if somebody flew over the fucking yeah. end and ended up in the fucking water, and ne- wasn't found for eight days and found right. dead. I'm, I'm, I, I won't see you guys again, ever. Right. Like, that, not, then it's fucking... You know, because his family's all lawyers and shit, though. He's, like, right. going to throw throw the fucking Beach's boyfriend, the girl's boyfriend, under the bus, say he was driving the right. right, they never and even he, fucking... And, and he was like, yeah, and he was like, okay, well, fucking prove me wrong that I was, basically, because that's reasonable doubt. Right. You can't prove yep. to me that it wasn't me or him, you know. Right. It's, so, it's so fucking shysty. Yeah, well, it actually him. was not the boyfriend. It was the other male that oh, was on the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was that little the Justin kid, Bieber yeah. dude. That's right. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but Chris, he calls his, he grandpa. his grandpa, dude, fucking handsome. That's yeah, what they called him. Whatever, dude. And he wasn't. <laughs> and the cops let his ass call too. Yeah. Oh yeah, they let him call his grandpa. Oh, you, you know you let me call him. He's fucking very prominent around here. You probably lose your job if you don't. That yep. I mean. So yeah. they fucking walking around from room to room talking to everybody, all the survivors, not poor Mallory who fucking died, but yeah, not giving like, a fuck about and they're her. like, hey, don't mm-hmm. say anything to the fucking cops. We need to get a story straight about everything. Right. Don't do shit. And they fucking basically did that. They yeah. What that. was the deal with the badge? He had his badge like hanging out of his pocket, so people thought he was a cop. <laughs> oh, I don't even. Remember. Yeah, there's video of him in the hospital yeah. with this badge hanging out. Ooh, like Paul or no Rick? Alex because oh, he was no, an assistant. Alex. He was an assistant prosecutor. Oh, Jesus so he had this fucking badge, which he kept out on his dashboard all the time. He had fucking blue lights installed in his personal vehicle. And in the trial, he said the sheriff told him it was okay. And they had the sheriff come up on the stand. He's like, I never would fucking allow any fucking civilian. Fucking ridiculous. No, I did not. It was pretty funny, actually. Just made him look lies about everything, even something stupid like that. I bet those cops Got, knew he had those fucking lights and shit in his car. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, they probably did. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he thought he was the shit. So another one of his angles in the trial was he was intimidated by law enforcement. Right. Meanwhile, right. they're like, dude, really? You got this badge out on your dashboard, blue lights yeah. in your fucking car? I mean, you're acting like law enforcement. You, you know? ain't. And he's not, exactly. But he's acting all cocky. Him and his, his uh, dad... Um, in the fucking hospital trying to pull some shady shit. I mean, just really fucked up. And one of the boys, I mentioned the one that the Joey said that they tried to pin it on, he had the Justin Bieber hair thing going on, which I was calling him Hilla Bieber because he's a fucking hillbilly <laughs> Justin Bieber. So the Hilla Bieber guy, but, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. He took a fucking hell of a shot in the head, too. He had a huge gash right. on his head, but uh, but fucked up. And uh, that's just uh, me picking on somebody that looks youthful in my old age, I guess. You know, So get off my fucking lawn. Now, Joey, this, though, is the shit that pisses people off, man. The rich getting away with fucking murder in this case. Yeah, uh, Paul, he wasn't charged with this. I mean, the whole fucking situation was messed up. There was so much fucking evidence and everything else, but the family was just so powerful. So um, all the, the victim's family and all them, they basically had given up hope that anything was going to happen. I mean, even the the boat was taken away from the scene by a relative, his uncle, Paul's rel- uh, uncle. Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't even taken by you know like Coast Guard or police or something right. that you could that you could bring evidence, it to fucking you know evidence right yeah. exactly yeah they just so hauled it out of happened. there the next morning and nobody said anything you know no so of course all the all the victims' family you know they pretty much figured they chalked it up that they weren't going to see anything happen then right because all of sudden, the, uh, uh, 
Yep, and then I think like uh, a year later or something, they came back and they fucking gave Paul three fucking charges and fucking arrested him. In uh, in a very soft way, they arrested him. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I yeah, love how did. his mug shot was taken in the hallway of the fucking yeah. courtroom, you know, <laughs> instead of in a fucking in jail, a fucking you know, booking cell. Right? Yeah, exactly. So fucking just all the bullshit. But the same lawyers that represented him were the two that uh, represented Alex in the murder trial. So they were kind of like family attorneys. Um, but yeah. you know. Do you think, Joey, the accident had anything to do with the murders? Maybe an incentive? Uh, I mean, it's a possibility. Fucking Alex's name was going to get brought up and he was going to fucking lose anything, everything anyway. Yeah. You know, if he got found that he helped his son with all that. Right. So <clears throat> it is a possibility that that was like a reason for him to do that. But there's so much to this case, it's really hard to tell, you know, yeah. what real motive was and everything right. else. So, I think... Um, what. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think it, it certainly plays into it because he's a huge liability. Yeah. Alex knows um, the trial's getting ready to start in a few days. Yeah. And everything's yeah. crumbling, and I need to do something about this. And I, I think that it was a big catalyst for this whole thing, but I don't think any one thing did right. it. I think it was like a series, like a, a domino effect with this dude but uh, we're going to talk about it but just interesting here and that's the only thing i was going to say is i'm going to jump ahead real quick for a little bit but yeah like whenever his his wife and and son uh pass and we'll talk about that but they didn't have life insurance policies on them so that wasn't a thing so if i'm going to go back and talk about this event too i can't say that you know that was his reason for doing it either where some people might just speculate that's the first thing that crossed my mind is oh well he found an easy way out to get some life insurance because now these people are pissed off about the boat incident right so he's got enemies that they can point to right but they kind of threw it out the window because you know like i said they didn't have life insurance on them so he that wasn't that wasn't what he got out of it so it might have been something darker right or we might be a little off track it's hard to they tell. had some property though too so there certainly was yeah. money there but you know not you're not to, like you said joey not like some big 10 million dollar policy right. or something so I, but you link him back to that fucking you know the the housekeeper and he did fucking make a play for the life insurance off that right so he is keen to that game <laughs> oh and, that's and that is, is his game is money. that yeah. is his game so, is yeah. how to fucking so, game the fucking yep. insurance companies out of as much money as humanly possible yeah so, so i think that became <laughs> like we'll talk about that became one of the biggest twists to me was that they didn't even have the insurance policies on them so That's i thought true. for sure he was gonna scoop that too oh sure sure so um you know so i think you know that another part of this too is maggie it was said that she believed they should settle and put the boat accident in the past because she did not like the town fucking hating on her she was getting a lot of shit and so i wonder if alex between paul having this huge multi-million dollar lawsuit on him and his wife fucking nagging him to fucking uh you know settle settle out of court whatever add in that add in the fucking you know all this other stuff the financial shit everything i think there's just a moment that he just fucking snapped and decided that this was his plan and this is what he was going to do. So, because uh, this was definitely thought out. This was not 
you know, a rash decision one night. He planned this right. out, okay? I just mean that what made him snap to then start to plan it out. Um, so, you know, this could yeah. have been part of the motive for sure. But, Tex, what do you think about the Mallory Beach death and, and how this all went down? And what's going on currently with the civil trial? Because isn't there a civil trial with this part of the case with Mallory? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, at the hospital and stuff that, um, and really all throughout the the whole thing, Alex Murdaugh and um, Randolph at the hospital and stuff, all they were doing is trying to put out fires and take control of the situation. They didn't really give a shit about Mallory no. or family, anything. They, uh, the boyfriend and then what'd you call him? Uh, Hill Hilla Bieber. Bieber, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they said that, uh, yeah. I mean, they couldn't couldn't give a fuck about Mallory. They were just trying to put out fires and place blame on on uh, Hilla Beaver. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it was just a shit show from the the beginning. And then as far as like the law enforcement, um, I mean, they blatantly and publicly showed bias for the Murdos. Oh yeah. You know. Yep. Uh, and then as as far as like the civil lawsuit, to be honest, the only two left um, alive with liability would be Alex who owned the boat and Buster who Paul used his ID to buy alcohol. Right. So, you know, I don't know if Bust, Buster settled any type of Buster settled yeah. and Maggie settled cuz she oh, was involved with it too. Okay. I don't know if they ever disclosed yeah. what okay. they settled for, but the, but that Buster's out of the boat. He's his he uh, paid off okay. whoever he had to pay off. And so he's out of it. I know I Yeah, I saw that he put all his uh the remainder of his assets and his girlfriend's name because now he lives with his girlfriend somewhere else right so yeah she's a lawyer yeah, yeah. i think she's a lawyer yep. yeah. yeah so yeah i mean that's you know interesting i mean what a fucked up family to be in if he is truly innocent of everything you know what a fucking raw deal right to be lumped in with that bullshit but right if he's involved and, and there's certainly some questions there we'll see but when they do this investigation i hope i hope they get to the bottom of it so so now yeah. this sets the table for the murders of maggie and paul murdoch so at this time al or today alex is th 55 years old so he's a year uh, younger than me he Fucking married old ass motherfucker. Old ass motherfucker. <laughs> he married Maggie, who was about his same age, right out of college. He became a lawyer, just like the rest of the family, as we said. She also comes from money. She, I don't believe, worked but stayed home with the kids, which I know that you know some work obviously. But she was paying like housekeepers and help, so that to me is a little bit different. Um, he gets hired on with the big law firm, like I said, with his brother, the family I mean, business. Family business yeah. yeah, the f grandfather started it. Uh, you know, just unbelievable great grandfather, I think. So everyone in the low country knows of the Murdochs. So when this happened, this is huge fucking news. Um, and we talked about, you know, um, his brother, Randy, he also had a younger brother, John Marvin, who owned a business. I can't remember what he sold, like tractors or something like that. Um, and he also had a sister as well. Um, but Alex and Paul, the youngest son, were living mostly at Moselle. 
Paul loved it out there. He was a big outdoorsman, liked hunting hogs, which was the big thing right. with that blackout, that AR-15 blackout uh, rifle. Um, and Maggie was staying at the beach house. So there's a little question of why was she not at the house with her husband? And in South Carolina, you have to live apart for at least a year before you can file for divorce. And if huh. you get together one time, you got to start over. You start over again. So, so that yeah. some people have suspected that maybe that was the reason. Don't know. Um, Buster, of course, is already living on his own. Like we said at that time, it was fiance. I think they're married now. But Alex asked Maggie. Uh, to come to Moselle because he wanted her to go visit his dad with him at the hospital. She did not want to go there, but her friend said she talked to her about it, and she said, you know, yeah, I'm just going to go. And so she went, and Paul was asked to be there as well. So he arranges to have them there at this remote place. So you start kind of stacking up the evidence here of where does this finger point. And, Chris, here we go, man, June 7th. 2021 the shit yeah. starts out with a fucking 911 call. call fucking calls kind of fucked like because I, I heard the call i listened to the call but like right uh, so 911 gets called it's around nine or between nine ten oh six. Oh, was it okay yep. i didn't know the exact time but uh he calls 911 alec alec alex whatever the fuck he calls 911 and you hear the call and he's got he's like ah, everybody sh- my son and my wife they're fucking shot like yeah i mean he's freaking out but who wouldn't be right <laughs> right you know? right but i mean but he's given he, a lot of detail he's talking about the boat wreck and shit yeah on the he's talking about call. weird shit and he's he's just like when it, okay he gives him the address i can't remember what the address is like 4147 most right yeah but then like uh, they're talking to him and he's fucking a cocky prick even then dude because they're like is this a house or a mobile home and he's like it's a home like just he's like how would you berate me thinking it's a mobile home he's just, like <laughs> yeah, for how real. dare you yeah but he gets in there and then he's like oh wait i got up closer yeah it's really bad fucking yeah so yeah there's a lot of question of did he touch the bodies did he not right, and they were out by the damn ca- uh Dog, dog kennels. kennels, yeah. And fucking. And this place was so monstrous. These kennels are like hundreds of yards from the house. So this is not yeah. like a normal, you know, household right. that oh, would that be I in got the, the backyard. Oh, that got the fence right there. Yeah. yeah, this is like a mile away. Okay. So, yeah, but like. Literally. Uh, Paul got blasted off with a shotgun. And then fucking uh, Maggie, she got shot off with a fucking a rifle. Like yeah. a high, high the AR-15. AR-15, yeah. So that's uh, not going to make good. She got shot a lot of times, too, like five. Yeah, five or six, and Paul got hit twice with the shotgun, and his brains literally came out of his head and were found next to the body on the pavement. That's fun. Pretty fucked up. So very, very brutal. Um, And this is the case that got me interested in the body language stuff, as I've been mentioning. The guys on the channel I like is called the Behavior Panel. It's amazing. They do a lot of serial killer stuff. They've done Bundy. They've done Ramirez, Gacy. Very fascinating. Um, But they're on YouTube, and they really got into these police interrogations with Alex, which were very fascinating. There's the one in the car at the murder at the scene, like when they showed up. 
Then there's uh, there's one where he goes into the police station. That's when he asks him if he killed his wife. So some of those are pretty interesting. So if, they, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, um, it's it's fascinating because it's obvious he's lying. Uh, they show all the signs of deception and break it down, and it's pretty cool. But you know, the like Chris, you were saying with the detail in the nine one one call. That's like a telltale oh, sign. It, very much so, dude. That you're trying time, to set yeah. up an alibi you're, or your you know, your your alibi or your story. You're kind of trying to set it up instead of dealing with the emergency. Right. Which is, you know, my wife has fallen, you know, whatever, and you know, help her, you know, help somebody get over here, you know. Was it that uh, Sarah? Yeah, I was at the video store, you know, I was at the uh, you know, grocery store dude, today. Like that, the, that Sarah whatever it is, it put her fucking old man in the sleeping or the suitcase the suitcase that, that, yeah <laughs> like, God damn. yeah that's a Sarah fuck Boone. yeah there you yeah we're definitely doing that case that's for sure i want to see how that one ends up with the trial Hell but yeah. yeah that's a good yeah. one uh so joey the police are out there at moselle and shit just doesn't seem to add up i mean what what, what do they think about old alex the distraught husband out there well i mean they don't really treat him like the suspect that he really is. I mean, they do suspect. Uh, suspect. They do suspect him because he is the spouse. So of course, that's right. always the case. But they don't even fucking really like lock down the fucking property. Yeah, there were um, so many fucking people out there driving around. He's got, I mean, Jesus. yeah, and he's got his housekeeper just fucking cleaning house, cleaning doing up what yeah. she does very well and getting rid of all kinds of evidence like probably it was so fucking it was so weird like i don't know and you know uh you talk about fucking um whenever he was talking about this shit they were fucking uh uh during, interrogating him or whatever trial or like, whatever yeah yeah like you said p i mean he just had too many fucking specific details and nobody talks like that whenever they're like right. in the moment and being truthful it's right. whenever yep. you've got shit already fucking playing down your head and this guy the Murdoch family set up their law firm like in the 1920s so this is this family knows law they've lived law that's their whole fucking life so right. he he knows which angles he's gonna go about this and his defense before it ever fucking happens he had every but move of this made out like it. he was really smart but he yeah. just missed a couple of big things which we're gonna get yeah. to but man yeah. he had this thing very very well calculated and planned out and we're going to talk about the timeline here as we go through this thing um but i think they should have chased everybody off the property and sent them over Fuck to the yeah. parents house because that's a family place everybody could hang out there and then they could have locked that whole fucking place down they could have got tire tracks i mean we all know they got the right person but i'm just saying at that moment they really didn't know you know what what yeah, was going on but you still need to i don't care you still need to lock the fucking crime scene down better course. than what the fuck it was dude. oh yeah like, just let them do their thing right and then you're the fucking cops out there and you're like man we're not gonna fucking lock down this multi-acre i mean uh, i guess know, there's that area yeah i don't know man the it's kennel interesting. To the house and all around that too like holy fuck that's a crime scene and you that also is. know how defense attorneys are i mean they had a field day making sled look really bad i mean speaking of that tex yeah. SLED stands for what? That's the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division. Yeah, they talk about them SLED. a lot, but they took a lot of heat for that. 
uh, investigation. I mean, what do you think about the whole what we've been talking about about how they didn't really lock it down and all that bumbling, stumbling stuff? Exactly. Just like y'all said, that's the first thing any law enforcement organization does is lock the area down and anybody going in or out gets logged in. Anything coming in and out of there gets logged in. It's chain of custody. Um, and, you know, just got to. All of got that stuff. to, dude. Just got to. Yeah. And this was just crazy, man. They had fucking people all over the house, all over the area, the kennel area. I mean, just crazy. Um, there was no way they could have, you know, got any sort of tire track that would have meant anything. So, or footprints no, or any of that. contaminated that place. No. Yeah. No. I mean, they really got lucky, I think, with this one. I think there was so much evidence that made him, pinned him there. Especially, we're going to get to that Snapchat video. But, yes. you know, that's what really did him in. But I think they got lucky with this one. Sled could have fucked this up because I could have seen the jury acquitting him only because the, the evidence was so shaky and that's not done properly. So, you know, they I'll dodged tell you the what, This just goes to show you, this just goes to show you that, yes, they own those five, that five-county area, but who do they really own? All the law enforcement in South Carolina. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That law firm had all sorts of events with attorneys and they were with police. I mean, they were intertwined in that whole, whole scene. So yeah, it's amazing that the outcome that this actually has. So one of the big issues that came up, Oh, oh, one thing I just wanted to say is, uh, I think that this case really goes to show the fact that we're talking about this and everything else is because of the times we're in, because of technology, because of cameras and everything's transparent now and people can see things because, in my opinion, if this had happened in fucking 1989, maybe even 1999, Alex Murdaugh is fucking still getting away with all this shit and everything's still being fucking hush-hush and all the agencies and shit. Right, but now it's like, now you can't fucking deny it. You have to fucking admit, you know. No, they they got him, definitely. The technology thing definitely did him in. But what I found interesting with this case, because we just did Lizzie Borden, and this came up again with how did he commit the murders he wasn't covered in blood? This was such a bloody thing. You know, we're talking about shotguns to the head, brains on the floor. I mean, it's fucked up. And how has this dude got no blood on him? But this came up in Lizzie Borden. And by the way, I wanted to correct the record on Lizzie Borden. I watched a documentary. It was was an author speaking at an event. It was affiliated with the Lizzie Borden, like historical society, something like that. But... They said that the house actually had water in the kitchen and that there was a toilet. They didn't call it a toilet. It was the one with the cord. With the tank on top. Yeah. One of those in the basement. So, okay, so I know they were bitching about no plumbing and no... But, you know, I mean, he had a fucking toilet and the sink in the fucking kitchen. Hello, washing yourself up. I mean... Eh. So I'm just saying, but in this case, yeah. he had a fucking water hose down there at the kennels, and I think that's how he fucking cleaned himself up because there was a big thing about the hose 
was it rolled up the way the the groundskeeper normally did oh and it was real wet there when sled got there so there was a lot of question of why was it wet was I mean, it because of the dogs down in the dog kennel earlier like. right so they don't know you know but that certainly could have been a way that uh you know he could have cleaned up um but you know this is a, a brutal crime scene but if he had you know a change of clothes and some it's, soap to clean himself up with it's his fucking property his house he's out there in a fucking dog county get dog shit on you why wouldn't you go change anyway right like fuck you got you, you gotta wonder this dude's fucking worked in in law his whole life and shit too like and if he has this whole thing planned out like it seems like he does you would think that he would have a better method that was less fucking sloppy so you got to wonder if maybe his timing wasn't a little more impulsive. You know, maybe it was something he was planning on doing, but maybe he got pissed about something. He was like, fuck it, I'm going to do this now or whatever. Cause, oh, yeah, no, it I, seems like- I think that's exactly right. I think he was ready yeah. to do it, and what happened that day at the law firm just fucking yeah. snapped, and he just right. fucking freaked out, yeah. you know. I yeah. think that's what lit the fuse that day. But, you know, this is some brutal shit, but there was a Snapchat video of uh on paul's phone of alex from earlier and he was in a pair of khaki pants and a blue shirt and when the police showed up after that 911 call he's wearing shorts and a white t-shirt and different shoes so he changed obviously um and we're going to get to the other snapchat video in a sec the housekeeper who cleaned up said she never saw any bloody clothes but it did look like he took a shower but she didn't know when but I did see that he was—he was one of these people that took multiple showers a say, day. What's wrong with taking a shower? I've right, had a long day. Maybe right, I want a but I mean, just trying to see <laughs> if maybe he cleaned up there at the house instead of down at the kennel. But I don't think he would have had time. Um, she also said the shoes that he wore and that shirt were never found again. So why would they disappear? You know, if you just changed your clothes and put on some shorts. Why would your clothes disappear? Maybe I just didn't like those clothes anymore. I, I just guess. took them to fucking Goodwill. And he had too many <laughs> pairs of khakis, she said, to discern whether that was the same one right. as the other 10. So he could have easily put that shit in a garbage bag. 1,700 acres, <laughs> plenty of spots to bury something and make it go away. Um, but Chris... The timeline's super important here because this went window to kill them is very, very tight because the cops think it was like 10 till 9. Right, 9 o'clock. And uh, said he fucking ate supper with fucking Maggie and fucking Paul and shit. Right. And then Buster was like, he's out doing his own thing. He's fucking big boy. I just let my brother use my ID to fucking take my boat out and kill somebody. <laughs> right. Like, it, dude. <laughs> You take the boat out and killed somebody. Don't do that. Yeah. But, uh, and then he said him and fucking Paul spent some time just out on the property, which I don't know what that means. That's right. kind of weird. Just riding around on four wheelers yeah. and shit. Uh, and then they came home and uh, they went to the kennels. Well, this whole kennel thing, he said he wasn't there for a while. Right. We'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he says he crashed out on the couch. Yeah, he right? crashed out on the couch, but he fucking said all. But said he was, previous was with his uh, his mother, who's very Alzheimer's, and had been right. seeing his uh, dad, who was in the hospital, fucking 
dying of cancer, basically. Yeah, but I'm thinking that that's an odd time to show up to the home of an Alzheimer's patient at 9 o'clock at night. Just kind of, just, you know, odd. Very, Hold on. Very good. It could exactly. be very good for them. At that time, they could be like, oh, yeah, I know you. Yeah. You never know. They could have a lucid moment. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you'd you know. rather... But 20 minutes away, his mom lived 20 minutes away. Um, so this is the timeline. He got 20 minutes there, a 15-minute visit, which is what the lady that was there, the aide, believes he was only there 15 minutes. Uh, 20 minutes back, that gives him 15 minutes after the murders to clean up to make it there by 10 o'clock to call 911. So that's not a lot of time. But if you remember from the evidence, when they found the steps taken on her phone or his phone, they went from like barely any to like a hundred and something steps in a minute. Oh, yeah. The fucking heart rate. The fucking. The, the how many steps you take. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if he was yeah. like frantically cleaning up, washing himself up, throwing these Rushing. clothes away, yeah. whatever he was doing with the weapons and all of it. Right. That could explain why all of a sudden he was taking all these moment, steps. Just like da, 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 go Very on. ironic, you know, that it happened right around 8.50 when they just murdered two fucking people. Right. So definitely, you know, to me, that, that that's, it's doable, but it's tight. I get it. He had this thing figured out to where he really thought he was going to be able to get one over because he claimed he's at his mom's for like 45 minutes. Doesn't he say that, Joey? Yeah, it was something like that, but um, his timeline's definitely fucking way more extended than it actually was, which gives him, you know, a, a window or a padding to yeah. do the shit that he needs to do. Like we said, this was premeditated. He already had this thought out. So he's like, okay, where can I add a little bit of time in each of these spots to make it fill up so I'm covered in all areas? Yeah. And, he, you know, your mom's got Alzheimer's. and Yeah, she's not going to know. Her. Right. Yeah, she's not going to know. Right. But that nurse, she might remember that. That's right. And, you know, 45 minutes, if they would have believed that, he would have been technically totally at his mom's house equation. when it happened, right? Yeah. But we know that that's like that, not the case. That Fitbit. The Fitbit or whatever it was, that was definitely a fucking uh, kind of a telltale on him. Oh, it you know? nailed his ass. It nailed his yeah. ass for sure on, yeah. on that point. Definitely suspicious. But, uh, you know, huge red flags. But that, uh, you know, uh, nurse was very, very, uh, you know, she really liked that family. Um, and, you know, she was in, you know, on, on the stand. Very, very, you know, heartfelt and she really did not want to do that. You know, she didn't want to say anything that she knew was going to make Alex look bad because she told him the shit about he promised to give her money for her wedding if she told the police that he was there for 45 minutes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> and he said something about because uh, she had another job at the school, wasn't it? Text something about the school. And he said, um, I think I know I know the the superintendent over there. I, I could probably get you, you know, a promotion at your job, you know, and uh you know, all you gotta do is just tell the police I was here for forty five minutes. 
and she swore to that on the stand. It was very like, convincing. You know, he I totally mean, told me to say that. Yeah. Why would he do yeah. that, right? I mean, it just makes him look so fucking bad. So this yeah. is a huge circumstantial evidence case, but just because it's circumstantial evidence does not make it any less evidence, okay? It's just a different kind of evidence, right. right? So um, the prosecution then gets into the financial crimes and fucking just makes this dude look so fucking awful, like Ebenezer Scrooge times like <laughs> right. a thousand. Yeah. Sad fucking stories, one after the other, <laughs> these horribly maimed and, and injured d- relatives of dead, you know, car accident victims he rep- represented, got millions and kept almost all of it. Awful shit, one after the Robbing other. His, whole, his own business, like... Yeah, I mean, it was it was terrible what this guy did to people for a long time, like 10 years um, and uh, there was a big argument about whether or not the prosecution should bring up the financial crimes because obviously the de- yeah. defense says it makes them look bad, but they wanted to use it as a, as a motive to show why he snapped because all the financial right. shit came down on that particular day. So um, so yeah, that uh, you know that was that was, you know, I agree with that, you know, that that makes sense to me, that that's why you bring it up. I think they maybe did too much of it. I know some people that watched the trial thought it was a little bit much with the financial stuff, because really, after you hear two or three of them, do you need 14, you know? I don't think it matters after you're Yeah, it's pretty people. rough, but the, the, the people were, it was just so heartbreaking to watch it. And they had Gloria Satterfield's son... He testified, and he was yeah. very good. He was very, very, um, you know, genuine, and and really, obviously, you could see how hurt he was over the whole thing. Um, the prosecution claimed that the stress of all the financial shit coming down is just too much, and also this this is also the same day that the law office first called him out on this bullshit. He's pulling with getting checks in his fucking name. And then setting up dummy accounts to make the client think it was being invested when it was just his fucking bank account is fucked up. I mean, this is, you know, the shit that comes out and they're calling him out on it, you know. So he obviously knows the shit's up, you know. I mean, they're they're it's not going to get any better at this point, right? Right. They're on to him, and this could have been, in my opinion, a reason for him to snap and decide, okay, tonight I'm doing it. Calls Maggie, I need you to meet me yep. at the house. Paul, make sure you're home tonight. And and that was maybe how he how it happened. So you know, in my opinion, that's very, very believable. Um, Paul is a huge liability, as I've been mentioning. And I'm amazed though that the bookkeeper <laughs> didn't catch on to this bullshit you're talking millions of dollars over like a 10-year period you would think you would notice that right i'm just amazed because maybe they're he all was claiming, the bookkeeper maybe but i'm wondering <laughs> how much the law firm is trying to not play that they were involved in any of this shit so they're trying to be like, oh, we don't know what was going on. We had no idea he was doing any of that. Yeah, but... Do you really not have any idea when you're stealing millions of dollars from the company? 
you you're gonna yeah. notice it isn't i like just you... can't believe it i just can't believe that a bookkeeper worth the fucking salt wouldn't fucking be able to pick up on that like oh, that's pretty blatant yeah how come i'm Alec just over here got i'm not a bookkeeper but goddamn you know so so tex i know you followed this case like i did but what do you think about the financial crimes and how this all played into a motive hey dude was a dirty thief and he didn't learn it on his own you know, that family i think had been like that for generations you know financial crap crimes like that that takes an education it takes practice and uh I think Maggie being around and holding the family together may have been the the last and only thing keeping Alex together. And then I I think probably like right before everything happened, she finally announced that, hey, I'm filing. And so I think all that rolled up together is what made him snap. I wondered that too, if if that if she broke yeah. some news to him like, hey, by the way, I'm go- I've just seen a divorce attorney. I'm I'm gonna I want a divorce, you know, because um, there was definitely yeah. that discussion going on as well with the hairdresser that right. claimed she had confided in her that she had seen a divorce attorney and was hiring a financial like PI to scour through the financial stuff because she didn't believe him uh, and what he was telling. Yeah, she knew what was She up, knew. Man. So yeah. I would definitely agree with you, Tex, that maybe that, again, you just keep adding this shit, you know, to the, to the pile. And this is just like a powder keg getting ready to blow. And, you know, her telling him she wanted a divorce, you know, when she owned, she owned Moselle. I think Moselle was all in her name. So, like, he would yeah. have been kind of out on his own, like, and with all the financial shit crashing, right. you know, this it definitely it's you could keg, see like the, you said, for real. Yeah, the motive here is strong. Yeah. I mean, because you're talking about multi-millions of dollars here. This isn't, you know, 50 bucks in a card game. You know, this is like right. some serious fucking yeah. cash here. And for all and, you youngsters that don't know what a powder keg is, it's like a keg of beer, but it's full of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> no, like Wiley Coyote, right? So, Chris, do you agree, though, that the financial stuff would be a big motive here? Oh, I mean, I think very much so. I think it would be fucking because. Losing I, all your money when I, you're like that, that's pretty harsh. No, right? that's, that sucks. I and mean, after you, oh, well, actually, I'm not even going to bring it up because I'm about to talk about it fucking uh you're spending all this money on other objects that you're gonna ingest <laughs> fucking recreational, recreational right. substances <laughs> yeah that's but, the big question is where did all this money go because he wasn't like buying planes and yachts and right, shit like but, so I but yeah, it'll, it'll cause it'll cause a person to do so if you're used to living this fucking lifestyle right. that's just immaculate you're up above everyone and it's starting to come falling down you're i could see somebody being like no i need to do some drastic fucking shit to fucking stop this from happening right and i don't care what it costs as long as my lifestyle that i'm living is the same i don't care right i could see that no i agree dude i agree and joey i mean you know as our resident drug expert here that i mean now we're getting into this side of the story here and alex's claim that he was hooked on 
some Oxycontin. What, what do you think about all this, dude? I'm very suspicious of it. I mean, probably was. I don't know. Fucking. Did he look like a fucking junkie? I mean, really? He did. I mean, he didn't really look like one, but there's been so many people that have been able to fucking pull that facade on fucking scripts. Right. Like, I, I don't yeah, know. Something dude. about it, but... The pills and, and fucking, like, think, track and shit are way different. Yeah. Yeah, like, they did, like, I don't know, it's just wild. Like, they just caught that fucking politician, I can't remember, Virginia or somewhere, and he was fucking passed out in his car with a crack pipe in his hand, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Said he had a relapse, but if you looked at the dude, you never would have believed that dude would ever touch a crack pipe, but... He was, wow. you know, anyway, the, th- the thing with this too, like fucking, uh, uh, you know, they were talking about, he had a $50,000 a week fucking habit or something like That's that. That's a lot of fucking like, money, dude. <laughs> man, how are, how are you gauging this? The $30,000 in escorts that you're accompanying with it? Because yeah. I don't know. I, I know people that were fucking really out on Oxy and fucking one of my buddies died, you know, uh, came back from the war all fucked up and got hooked on painkillers but he ended up having really bad yep. cancer that aggressively took him really quick and but wow. so maybe he needed those pills after all but anyway he was buying them fucking black market you know and i watched that shit and nowhere near fifty thousand a week you know right and you're like you say you'd be dead off that shit if you were ingested so i gotta wonder if 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 you're factoring in like like chris was talking about a lifestyle price he was doing that partying, right? But also, there was a bunch of shit that was involved. Right, in women, hotel, fucking hotels, hotel rooms, women. right, right. And and uh, I mean, you look. He bought his fucking house from a fucking a drug smuggler, right? You know, so he yep. the fact that he was probably fucking partying through all this. His son Paul, he was obviously a partier. He liked to hang out. You know what I'm saying? Right. Not only did we didn't even talk about, it, I don't think, but Paul ended up getting fucking arrested again or he got a ticket again because after the whole boat incident yeah he got pulled over for fucking towing the boat going 75 oh, and a yeah. 55 oh, shit yeah and this motherfucker i mean so he obviously <laughs> didn't learn shit but anyway right. so this family's just fucking way above all of this and and way out there so the fact that he was spending fifty thousand dollars on some kind of lifestyle a week that involved the fucking drugs i imagine that at least shows where some of the money was going to. Yeah. But they, he was going through more than that, though, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, like, I think... money why he was going through more money than that. Oh, sure. He would have had to, because yeah. where else would it have gone yeah. unless it's hidden yeah. somewhere and he's going to get it right. maybe... Well, he's not going to be able to do anything with it now. Get, uh, eat, now eat a lot of ramen noodles and fucking <laughs> This right? is Pop-tarts. conspiracy shit, too. This is conspiracy <laughs> shit, too, but who's, who says that... You know, he was already pre-fucking meditating all this shit and had all this shit pre-planned out. The fact that he could have took fucking four or five million dollars and fucking set it up offshore or somewhere else for his kids. Yeah. For when he did get in trouble, because he was like, inevitably, I'm probably going to get in trouble for something. Right. You know, yeah, that probably happened. So maybe some of that money did in his, you know, not safely because it was all through bogus means. Right. But, you know, safely secured for them somewhere, and they're probably already set up and fine regardless of what happens. Yeah, because he did inherit money from his dad passing right after the murders, so. They had to have old money. I mean, if they've oh, been yeah. doing it since the 1900s, oh, and been yeah. settled in that fucking area of South Carolina, like, oh, yeah. that's no fucking small potatoes no, for sure. No, millions and millions for sure. Um, but I think a lot of the drug stuff was overblown because 
I think he did it as a sympathy ploy. He also did oh, it and part of his defense. Yeah, yeah and there was that. new. There were stories I read about Paul and Maggie finding some drugs, you know, in his room or whatever. And they nicknamed Paul Little Detective because yeah. he was always busting him for his drugs. Yeah. So. I'm wondering if he's actually selling them because he's hooked up with this piece of shit cousin Eddie, which we're going to get to here in a second. <laughs> but he has got some just sleaze, and he's even involved in a in a, a drug case with cousin Eddie. That's a whole separate thing we're not even going to talk about tonight. So this guy is like, how he is involved in this many things is unbelievable. Um, and as crazy as this shit gets, we're not even done yet because Alex pulls some <laughs> stupid shit a few months later. September 3rd, 2021, he is forced to resign from the law firm. So they're done with his ass. They can't get away from this thing. They got to do damage control. They got to pay back these fucking clients he stole from. All these partners are having to dip into their savings to pool their money together to pay these people because obviously they owe them money. And so this And because they don't want to get caught up for the people they ripped off. Too, hell so no. Hell done. no. They're <laughs> running away from this thing. They even changed yeah, the name man. of the law firm and everything. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, the president of the bank where he did most of his banking is gets busted. His trial is coming up as well. This guy was loaning Alex like insane amount, hundreds of thousands of dollars with no collateral, just sure, you know, giving it to him. He's not even paying it back. He was in the hole on his bank account, his checking account, 300 grand. I mean, how the fuck do you keep writing checks and you're that much in the hole? I mean, this guy literally <laughs> didn't give a fuck. And he's giving Alex money that's supposed to be held for those clients that he's supposed to be watching the money for, and he's stealing from them that way. I mean, this guy's just so shitty on so many levels. But Tex, I mean, what happens on the side of the road with old Cousin Eddie, that sleazy son of a bitch? <laughs> hey, Clark. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, like like you said, he was forced to resign on September uh, 3rd, 2021. <laughs> and then the following day, he goes he goes for a ride, man. Yeah, right, just you know? going for a cruise. And then all the, yeah, all of a sudden there's a 911 call. And this fucking call is funny as hell too, man. I don't know. If oh, it's hilarious, idea, dude. But, uh, yeah, he said he was changing a tire. And then out of right. nowhere... Somebody in a truck drives Comes by, stop. slows down, and they shoot him in the head. Yeah, <laughs> they shoot him in the head, and they just fucking drive off. So, so, dude, the, the MT, tone in his the, voice too. He's just like, "I've been shot in the." Head. And they're like, "Where yeah, have you been shot?" Yeah. He's like, "In the head." And they're like, "What?" what? Yeah. <laughs> in the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's pretty funny. The EMTs get there. They they scoop him up and take him to the hospital. They see his uh, his head wound is superficial. Right. So he can't even he can't even get that shit right. right. And then he's released from the hospital. Uh, and then ten days later, uh, cousin Eddie gets arrested. He's also his dealer, right. by the way. Um, <laughs> he gets arrested for conspiring with Alex to kill him. So Buster, uh, and he did that so Buster could get the ten million dollar insurance right, right, payout. Right. And then it turns out from this incident, uh, Alex got another three charges piled on. And then uh, Cousin Eddie picked up five charges. 
I mean, you know, it's a way to keep it in the family. I saw an interview with Cousin Eddie. He was pissed. He's like, I didn't shoot him because if I did, I'd have fucking hit him between the eyes. Like, wow. Like, you really just said that? You know, he just didn't didn't give a fuck, man. Didn't give a fuck. It's pretty funny, man. These people just, like, not caring. He's some distant kin to Alex. I'm not sure exactly how, but definitely a sleazy motherfucker. So this whole thing comes out (laughs) and in the trial, I mean, they're bringing this shit up. It's looking so fucking bad. There was actually some drama about whether they were going to call Cousin Eddie to the stand, but they never did. Uh, But, you know, you got all of this stuff, the financial shit. I mean, this guy's just such a piece of shit. The jury just fucking hated this dude. Um, the painkiller addiction brought up, you know, he then has to go to rehab. So, again, I think more of a, in my opinion, a sympathy plea here. Um, to me, he oh, does yeah. not look like a drug addict. But I get what you guys are saying, Joey, especially about, you know, hey, you know, you could hide it and look pretty normal. But, man, if he's fucking partying 50 grand <laughs> worth a, a week he would right. look pretty fucking rough. I mean, right. I don't give a fuck, you know, if, even if he's just drinking I, I, beer. You're not, not going to make it a week. Right. At 50 grand. I just, that's I just know what they were. I just know what they were saying. Like, George Young was going through a week how much money when he was at the peak of the cocaine game. Yeah. It, that's, that's what I'm saying. They were going through fucking more money than that estimated right right but but what what's that attributed to obviously not the the product that's going into your own system yeah, it's everything right. like you said earlier everything you're doing because of the product yeah. right right yeah, yeah definitely uh crazy but chris during the trial the onstar data in yeah. alex's vehicle fucking between the onstar really fucks him up in his fucking ride and the fucking the information off of his cell phone and Maggie's cell phone. Right. Fucking, which they had found along the fucking road by their, that their house yeah. was on and shit, because obviously you're going to look for it, but uh, Alex's fucking uh, OnStar basically said that it... Uh, okay, hold on. The phone, that his phone, like we talked about earlier, fucking all the steps everything he's doing his movements and everything and like uh the they thought they threw it out the window or whatever and it looks like he did and his OnStar was stopped at the house long enough that it looks like oh wait he was there at that he had time. enough time to toss plenty, it out the window plenty of time to fucking toss it and whatever right and fucking hide out the fucking weapons in the house somewhere so yeah the OnStar thing is amazing because yeah. they could tell like how fast you were going when you broke oh, you hit yeah. the brakes i mean it fucking sucks everything. if you're a criminal but if well, you yeah. need help it's awesome yeah <laughs> it is it's pretty amazing though i didn't realize to the degree i mean when they busted that out i'm like holy shit how does anybody get away with anything with all this stuff because the iphone you know has the you know the steps and all that like we've been talking about but uh they also showed he was driving like 80 something miles an hour going to his mom's and they were saying like cops were saying like i wouldn't drive 50 on that road at dark yeah and this guy's going 80? Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Got to get there quick. Got to get there quick. So quit. he's trying to shave time off of that, you know, give him that extra time to, you know, to yeah. get the hell out of there. So definitely suspicious. But uh, 
the OnStar data also showed him pause on his mom and dad's driveway, and some people wonder, is that when he ditched the clothes and the weapons and stuff? But don't know. Yeah. Uh, but during the trial, there's lots of discussion about the hose I mentioned down there at the uh, at the kennels and the water on the concrete. Um, testimony from the mother's aide that she saw Alex with a blue tarp or raincoat a day or two after the murders. And some suspect that that's what he used to conceal the weapons when he was there getting rid of them. And later, that blue raincoat is found in the upstairs closet at his parents' house. No weapons in it, but a lot of gunshot residue. So right, that, that definitely, yeah. So very, very yep. interesting. Also, the spent AR-15 casings at Maggie's murder scene um, were uh corroborated or you know proven to be the same as right. other shells found on other parts of the property where paul shot that weapon right the ballistic the markings on yeah the so they yeah. were able to link those together so they knew they were yeah. the same but they didn't hear anything tex i don't know if you did about the shotgun if they were able to pinpoint anything on the actual gun they used no i didn't say anything about that and really shotguns you Unless you're using a like a slug right. around, there's no real yeah, way to they tell, you know, ballistically blow apart. If it came out of that gun anyway. Yeah. 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 yeah there was some interesting uh, you know, you get the two different experts on each side. It was interesting to hear how each tried to play the the evidence, you know. Um, and right. you know, you could kind of see through some of that, I think, and that's why, you know, juries are able to, you know, say, I don't know if I believe that guy so much as I believe that other guy. Um but, Joey, you know, if you believe what the defense says, um, the murders were done by somebody outside of the family. And we know that Alex kept bringing up the boat accident whenever the cops were talking to him. But, you know, what do you think? I mean, was he trying to play that maybe he used two weapons to make it look like there were more than one person there doing that? I don't even know what the advantage would be for that to make it look like it. You know what I'm saying? If your defense is that it's somebody else, that's it right there. It's somebody else regardless. So I, I was really confused yeah. by why the two weapons were used in the first place. And, I think it was um, to throw them off to make it look like there were two because that's what the defense kept saying. They yeah. had they had it, witnesses up there saying that it yeah. it looked like it were it was two two shooters. You know, one with the shotgun, and, and it could have been. It could have been, but if you go by the theory that he did this in a fucking in a fit of rage at the moment, then it makes a little less sense to me because you got a weapon in your hand, you're just gonna fucking kill. Right, you're gonna use what you got. But but the like we said, if he had this already all thought out, he already knew that he wanted to use two guns for the you know the instance. Right. How 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 does how did he know already? You know exactly where they would be at that time. Or did he bring them with us? Right, or did he bring... So, it's it, it, there's a lot of questions, but um, I don't know, fucking... In the end, it was all used against him and fucking used for a guilty plea, so obviously it was fucking yeah. evidence enough. Yeah, I think you know? the outside yeah. shooter is just very, very 
It doesn't yeah, make I, a whole lot of sense. That's that's your defense, though. That was your of defense course. from the get-go. When you called, uh, you know, the 9-1 call in the first place and everything about it, you already had that. You got the you got the people from the boat incident that are already publicly connected to you that have a dislike over your family because right, of the Right, and you're getting emails with threats and shit. Right, so you're going <laughs> to utilize that, you know, to help you with this fucking plan and this plot. Right. I, I agree with you. I don't, I think it's a fucking long shot. Uh, of course you, you got to have some you know. defense i mean it's legit yeah, i get yeah. it but i yeah. mean seriously you've yeah. been with them all night you leave to go to your mom's for 20 minutes and that's when this happens yeah. you know it's just very very yeah. suspicious and of course you know we're going to get to how they actually caught his ass which i think is just so right. fucking rich uh definitely but uh you know it's Tex, I know you know a lot more about weapons than probably any of us, but what what do you think about the whole thing with the two weapons and what may have happened? Um, I know I heard that, uh, and I saw that they say it was common knowledge that uh, Paul always left weapons just laying around and shit down there at the right. dog pens. Um, but even if, even if it wasn't that, say... Uh, he did have two weapons on him. He could have that uh, AR slung on his, uh, you know, across his chest or across his back and had the shotgun right. and um, shoot a couple rounds out of the shotgun, catch Paul, shoot another one, and uh, gun right. jams, or you you fire all the rounds in that gun because it only holds four hunting shotgun. Right. And then you pull up that AR and just start capping on Maggie. So, yeah. you know, it's not that hard. Not that hard at all. I didn't think so either. I mean, I think, you know, you could shoot Paul with the shotgun, and even if you had that uh, little golf cart or whatever he was driving, that AR in the golf mm -hmm. cart, loaded, ready to rock, I mean, you shoot the shotgun, just set it down on the ground, go get the AR and start walking toward Maggie as she comes around the corner, run into the gunshot to hear what the fuck just, or figure out what just happened. And she's no yes. chance, you know, I mean, because he shot, and they showed how he moved around like like a semicircle around her just like fucking getting closer and closer and fucking headshots i mean fucking yep. brutal man i mean <laughs> not at all like the you know some of these shooters that are like from afar i mean he was he was up close and personal with both of those uh kills i mean it was really yeah really fucked up to think of a guy being yeah. able to do that to his wife and son Wow, yeah. I really think it yes. discredits the defense too. That I I also don't agree. You know that the killers would have showed up relying on their weapons, the Murdoch's weapons. Exactly, the hit yeah. men don't it show up unarmed. Yeah. No. Exactly, <laughs> they're yeah. there even ready if, to rock. Even, nope. Even if it's knowledge that they do have the weapons out there, it's not hundred percent. That. That's you, a variable, you, no, man. No. And you know they got weapons, right. so why would you go out <laughs> yeah, unarmed. unarmed in the first exactly. place? That's like, exactly, that's the last fucking place I'd be going yep. unarmed. God damn, you know yep. they were loaded to fucking bear. They had that room. I don't know if you saw any of that video. Like, wow, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it just got like guns <laughs> yep. all over the fucking place. Oh yeah, that's where that is. You know, like what the fuck? I mean, like no, no. <laughs> Yeah, it was a mess. It was a total mess. I mean, holy shit. So, uh, so you know, I think, uh, you know, it looks like, you know, that we all agree, I think, that it's definitely feasible to shoot, 
you know, with both weapons and kill both of them. That you know, some of them made it out like it was such a big deal. But I think anybody that knows even the slightest bit not about guns knows that it's not. So, you know, this yeah. guy grew up his whole life shooting guns, hunting, so he's definitely very capable with a weapon. So I think, you know, it it was done that way to make it look like there were two shooters involved. But Chris, another thing about the outside shooter that I think falls short is when you get into the dogs. I mean, yeah, you... If they're in the kennel, like... You're, uh, if there's a stranger coming up on that kennel, dogs are going to be going off. Right. And, and there was these, like six dogs out there, too. Right. And if these weapons are already out there, these dogs are going to alert them. So they're going to be, Maggie and Paul yep. are going to be like, hold on. Right. What the fuck is that all about? They would grab them themselves. Like, right. Got to protect my dogs and my property and shit. And like, but the dogs are quiet. Fucking. Right. Like, like even fucking. The 911 call shit. Like, right. The dogs was, were quiet. Yeah, there's nothing, dude. Yeah. So, no, I I've, I don't think it would have had... It could have been outside shooters for that reason. It's, no. Yeah, and it's so remote. I mean, the odds of them being in that spot at that time when he's gone. I mean, there's too many... It's too It's many too ridiculous. I mean, yeah. it's not like a Mission Impossible episode. You know, it's fucking real life, and it's just like all these coincidences are just crazy. But I think the dogs... Um, oh, they would have been snapping, dude. Yeah, like, and hey, the dogs... Ma, look out behind you. There's something coming, dude. Yeah, and the dogs play an yep. important role in what happens next. So yes, Alex's nail in the coffin is, ironically, a second Snapchat video <laughs> that Paul did right before, and I mean a minute or two before the murders, the little detective fucking does this dad in, which is so fucking perfect. I know Paul was a little fucking terrorizer and shit like that, but dude, right. horns fucking high to Paul for fucking his dad over and fucking putting his ass in the fucking prison cell because Alex did not take his phone. He took Maggie's, but not Paul's. Paul's was left there. It looked like he fucked with the phone like he tried to open it. But he couldn't. But he couldn't because he didn't know the password, so he set it back down. Which is dumb. Why wouldn't you just take it? I know. I know, for sure. Um, so that's how they, they wind up. It takes quite a bit to crack this code because they didn't, they didn't get the code from anybody. Also, Snapchat, dude. You have to know how to do that because Snapchat's that thing. It just like it pops up and then it's gone. It's gone, right? So there's a, able yeah. to obviously able to retrieve it apparently here, and that's what they fucking do. Because the last thing Paul does with his phone is he takes a video of his friend's dog who had been staying out there because he was having an issue with his tail, I think, and he took a video of the dog for his buddy to see right. how the dog was doing. And that's the last thing he did before he died. So, you know, a younger person we know is going to be all over their phone like 24 fucking 7. And then all of a sudden his phone goes dead at like 8.50. Right, and then you hear Alex and Maggie in this Snapchat. Right. Like and you can hear him. Blatantly. Because the dog got one of these fucking chickens or whatever it was. What was it, Tex? What kind of bird was that? I don't know. I think it was a guinea, wasn't it? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So it was a guinea, a guinea. and uh, not, not you know, an Italian guy like me. Like right? you. Not, not, not that kind of guinea. 
but but no, I, no I'm self-deprecating. So any Italians <laughs> out there that heard that, please don't take offense. I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, so the dog's got this bird in its mouth, and he Alex says something about him. Bubba's got the chicken or whatever he said, and you can hear it's Alex on the video. You can hear Maggie as well. So they've got friends going up on the stand, friends of Paul, to identify, is that Alex? And they're like, yeah. yeah I mean, he's totally got a very distinctive bad, voice. Yeah. So he doesn't even deny it at that point because they got his ass. He did at first when he they were did. asking him. He's like, no, I wasn't there. No, right. There. Kept saying he wasn't there, he wasn't there, he wasn't there. Now they've got him on video at the murder scene a minute or two. Before the before murder. they died, so now his he takes a different turn here with this, and he fucking you know he fucking tries to turn this thing around. I mean, Joey. I mean, what is what is he now claiming now that he's busted well, in they, the Snapchat video? Now they got the Snapchat. Yeah, they got the Snapchat video. It puts him, you know. At least fucking within five minutes of the murder, minimum, because yeah. like they said, it, maximum, yeah, yeah. it's like nine o'clock that it happened. But um, so he was like, "Oh well, actually, yeah, I was there. I ran down to the kennels, right. but then I took off and went to my mom." <laughs> right. to see my mom. Like, yeah, yeah. So he stopped by there and then left real quick. <laughs> like I told, know? I told them which bye, he, and then they showed which up. Which he completely. Them. Yeah, which he completely forgot to ever mention before that. Yeah, point. they made him look so fucking bad. I mean, it was just like, really, dude? Like, how the fuck do you get away from this one? It was so fucking perfect. Um, and there's some talk, you know, like I said, about Cousin Eddie coming on, but that never happened. Um, but, you know, they did bring up the roadside incident, though, with him, obviously, to make him look even worse, you know, and how he conspires, yeah. you know. And uh, they also wanted to show how easily he could try to use that sympathy as a distraction, like with the murders. So he's that's kind of like his go-to. Um, and he's definitely tore up, you know, over cross-examination. I mean, they just brutalized this guy. Uh, it was fun to watch. I mean, I, I just love to watch that piece of shit squirm. Um, you know, there's a trial involving drugs I mentioned with Alex and Cousin Eddie. So add that to the list. I mean, like Joey said, we'll probably be doing like six brutal rewinds down the road as this thing keeps going. But in an interview I saw after the trial, the jurors said they did not believe a word of what he said, knew he was lying, saw right through his bullshit tears, and he's calling Paw Paw Paw. And he's calling Maggie Mags, you know, and he didn't fucking talk to him like that. But, you know, he's trying to play that whole thing and they didn't fucking buy it. They saw through the bullshit. And I thought it was refreshing to see a jury that actually did the right thing and fucking nailed this fucking dude. So it was fun to watch. You know, I didn't see all of it, but my wife and I watched a lot of it. Uh, there's so many documentaries, news stories, trial stuff, the police interrogation shit. I mean, you can go really deep dive on this one if you want to. Um, but the jury was only out for three hours and came back with a guilty verdict on both Maggie and Paul. It was awesome to watch. The judge was fantastic. He was really good. Um, he kept people in line. Fucking, And when it came to passing the sentence... 
it was fucking brutal, man. I mean, it's like, uh, you a piece of shit. Yeah, he it's really it. fucking laid into him. Tex, what what kind of sentence does he end up getting? He got uh, life without the possibility yeah. of parole. Which in South Carolina, that means exactly what you it sounds like. You aren't you aren't coming right. out except in a pine right. box. And they didn't yep. go for the death penalty. What was that text? Because they just thought that was too big of a hill to climb to get that on a circumstantial uh, yeah, I think case. It was the burden of proof. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. I could see that. I mean, that's that's a lot more burden of proof, and and so you know that was a smart bet. I mean, to me. Life in prison yeah. is worse than the death penalty. If, if you asked me, oh, I'd rather do the Chickatillo bit and take a twenty-two to the back of the head and be done with it. But you know, if that were the case, you know, yeah, that's just exactly. fucking horrible. But you know, he deserves every fucking minute of it. Um, He'll appeal and appeal and appeal as long as he can. Oh, for sure. I mean, Tex, what's his experience oh, yeah. going to be like? You know, is he going to be in protective custody? You got to think, right? Man, to be honest with you, I mean, he's a Murdoch, and his family name probably at least carries a little bit of weight, a little bit of uh, weight with uh, the law community. Right. I think he'll land in a in a favorable situation with his prison assignment. I didn't see where he ended up, but uh, last I heard, uh, he was in sort of a diagnostic unit where. Right. They, figure out where he's going to ultimately Yeah, I think up. they have placed him, but I think they've kept it qu- quiet. I'm sure you could find it, but I'm pretty sure he is where he's supposed to be. Yeah. But I wondered, you know, with him being a lawyer, you know, the whole jailhouse lawyer thing, I right. mean, that could yeah, be a be, pretty good guy to buddy up with, right? I mean, a guy like that. Right. I mean, you know, that knows. I mean, it could be, but deep- with his reputation and his name, I <laughs> Yeah. Maybe not, dude. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know if he was going to be holding anybody's pocket or if they were going to keep him pretty safe or what. You know, I don't know. Well, you know, he is kind of pretty. (laughs) Have you ever dealt with any higher profile inmates, Tex, or have known, you know, like what's that about in your line of work? Yeah, man. At uh, Mountain View, there's uh, Yolanda Saldivar. She's the lady that killed... uh, uh, oh, that's right. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Selena back in the day. And there was uh, the cadet killer. I don't know if y'all remember that. That was a big case down here in Texas. Not offhand. Uh, kind of a kind of a love triangle, and then uh, the the NASA girlfriend got mad at huh the NASA case the astronauts. It was uh, no not. No, I think you're talking. I know which one yeah. you're talking about. I think With that was the in diaper Florida. And shit. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, that was the diaper. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've I've been around them and stuff like that. I mean, they're just like any other inmate. They just trying to do right. their time. Yeah, so, I was just yeah. curious. No real sense of entitlement. Yeah, I know my dad dealt with a few, but he kind of doesn't like talking about it. I don't know. It's not that it, I don't think that it upsets him. He just like he's put <laughs> that chapter of his life is closed, doors locked, boarded up, like not going back right. there kind of thing. You know, it's weird. Um, for me, this yeah. case had several elements uh, that just interest me in true crime. That whole concept of the sleazy piece of shit lawyer that got rich by stealing from his clients i mean he was falling you know yeah i mean he's just 
just a piece of shit, you know? Um, the perfect villain. Yeah. He had it all. And if he was just honest, he, he could have had a Batman. very good life, you know? Yeah. He could have been Batman. He could have yeah. been, yes. <laughs> he been just, Batman. you know, had to be a fucking, you know, just partying and just running fucking life to the fucking, you know, the tires off the rims and everything. I wonder if he's going to take a plea deal, though, on the financial crimes because he admitted all of it in the murder trial. He didn't deny any of it. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know how the fuck he can even defend himself there. Um, you know, so he's dead. Even just on the financial shit, he's looking at hundreds of years of, of time. I mean, it's crazy. Well, he's but never getting out, even if he does no. get the appeal on the death. Penalty, yeah, he's not going the anywhere. Life penalties, but he's not going to get that. And speaking of that, Tex, what is the difference when you're talking about doing time in a federal prison versus a state prison? What, I mean, we hear that it's easier in federal, but is that necessarily true? I don't know about it being like easier time, but the statistics seem to skew in favor of federal, federal prisons being like a whole lot safer. Okay. Um, generally, federal prisons house like sex offenses, drug trafficking, money laundering, identity theft, racketeering, um, like immigration crime, stuff like that. And, uh, I mean, yes, they do have I murderers say state and, prison and all more that, but violent crimes. Then? Yeah. Yeah. Typically, rape, murder. Yeah, typically it's more violent inmates. Rape. Yeah. Rape, murder, bank right. robbery. Huh. You wow. know, interesting. And also state prisons house them longer, like longer sentences. And, uh, Usually, federal prisons are not as populated as a state Interesting. prison. Interesting. So you can keep a little better control over yeah, it. Yeah, so. for sure. That's weird. All right. Yeah, yeah, I just wondered. You're certainly the the one. But, you know, you talk about brutal. We took, we did our episode on Supermax. That was some pretty gnarly uh, shit. I definitely wouldn't yes. want to be there. I mean, that was about as close to Black Dolphin as I think you'll see yeah. in the United States. Like, wow. Yeah, I was going to say, man, that's that's pretty close it's to Pretty Black much, Dolphin. man. That well, was crazy. Kind of. That was crazy. <laughs> uh, now, you haven't seen, uh, if you haven't seen some of the great docuseries that are out there, go and check them out. Uh, Murdoch Murders, uh, Southern Scandal is the one on Netflix. Then the other one, Murdoch Murders. So it's like they use the same names. Deadly Dynasty on Prime. And then Low Country, which was also really good on Prime. So there are some different ones to watch. Um, they get confusing because they all have Murdoch Murders in the name. Uh, there's an HBO special. I don't remember the name of that one. But there's like four or five that you can watch if that's your thing. Anything to add to this one, guys? Old Alex Murdoch, we're at an hour and 52 minutes. I thought it was going to be right at about two hours, so pretty close. I can always tell by the page number of how many pages the the notes are. Right. So we're about a normal episode at nine, so, so uh, I thought. But anything to add, guys? The only thing is, like, uh, I thought about later. I just figured I'd wait till the fucking anything to add was like uh when the whole getting shot in the head thing when he the superficial wound and he had a flat tire i saw some place that in a couple places though that he had those uh run flat tires so he didn't even necessarily need to change that shit right he could keep he could have kept yeah they found an exacto knife or a a utility knife thrown across on the other side of of the road so he got out and slashed it right yeah if you but if you got a run flat tire you could keep on going and get somewhere for at least 
I think they run for like 50 miles at least, dude. Right. So like, you can go. You yeah. don't have to stop. Yeah, definitely suspicious for sure. And I think I even saw something where they think that he <coughs> fell, and that's how he got the wound on his head. So he didn't even get. He didn't even shoot the gun. Yeah. Because cousin Eddie said he never <laughs> shot a gun. Uh, so well, at least fucking get cousin Eddie cleaned the shitter. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Anything else, guys, to add to this one? Yeah, yeah I bro. think this guy definitely is a piece of shit, Dad. I think, uh, Chris, would you even argue 100%. the point? Yeah, definitely. Perfect to start yeah. this month off. We got some gnarly dads coming up here. We got yeah, next Jones, week dude. is going to be wild. We got fucking Ariel Castro, which Ugh. is going to be fucking brutal. Joey this going guy. to Ohio, some Cleveland shit. Coming back to Ohio with Yeah, him, some yep. Cleveland shit. So that's going to get nasty. And then after that, we got Lionel Dahmer, which I think is going to be a lot of fun to do one from in the other Others, side, yes. you know. Not Jeffrey. His the parent his, of yes. a serial killer, which is Joey's great suggestion. And then the last week, we're going to have Tex back again. Can't but, get enough no. on fucking uh, oh, Chris yeah, Sims, man. Oh, yeah. That yeah. fucking Chris dude. Chris Watts. Chris Watts. I'm sorry. Yeah, Chris Watts. Watts. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's gonna be fucking. That's another really bad case. Piece it's of shit, awful, dad, dude. for sure. So we'll have Tex back with us for that. Uh, so thanks, Tex, for coming on and doing the special bonus episode with us. Yes, and, sir. Appreciate it. Hell Thank yeah, dude! Man. Always love uh, having you on with us. And and Tex, can we make the announcement of what may be happening that first uh, Tuesday in uh, August? Do it, man. Well, we got the news that Tex is going to be in the area somewhere here in the Midwest on some business, and he's going to make a point to come out here in the studio live with us. August 1st. August 1st to do an episode, and we're working out what it is yet. We haven't figured it out, but he's going to be here it's going to be yeah, so be cool chris you get to meet tex meet tex i haven't dope. seen yeah. tex and geez how long has it been dude a long time so 1992, 1992. Yeah. so yeah so it's been a while so uh so yeah so it's uh it's going to be fun and we're going to talk more about that as we get closer but that'll be exciting so head rebecca in here oh, yeah. over the weekend and now getting tex in here we're going to get shane to get his, fucking, his passport fucking yeah. g'd up and get the fuck down here. I got an air mattress, Shane. You could stay right here, man. You could sleep in Horns High if you want. Joey's the only person that's ever lived in Horn. No, I'm just kidding. We always used to joke about that. Remember, yeah, no, 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 that's what, that's what that's Can't funny. get his ass out of the fucking studio. So, uh, so very cool. Murder Metal Mayhem intro music. Of course, Crawl Space by Low 12. Our website, MurderMetalMayhem.com, got that web store on there, got lots of good stuff, so check it out. We got our Facebook group, we got our Horns High Studios Facebook page, we got a Twitter, YouTube channel, which has always got some good content on there. Uh, You could join that 666 Club, Patreon.com slash MurderMetalMayhem, just three bucks a month. Uh, Check that shit out, y'all. All kinds of cool cool perks with the 666 Club. And uh, you can also do that on our website. We have that on the web store. You can do the 666 Club that way. And it's actually 25% off. 
Uh, so we're going to see you guys next week. Like I said, Ariel Castro going to be fucked up with the three women kept prisoner in his house. Then his one prisoner bears his child, and that's how they get out. I mean, it's fucking wild. It's a good story. It's awful, but it's a it's a good persevere shows triumph type story. So very very interesting. Yeah. Uh, so another piece of shit dad for you, and it'll be in the user usual murder metal mayhem format. Uh, format. Yeah. So this was a unique, uh, you know, one off bonus type episode. It so. was a good one. Hell yeah, very good. Long so, goddamn. So horns oh, yeah. high from all of us. Thank you, Tex. Thank you, Tex. Love you, Joey. Thanks everybody for Love listening. Time, man. Baby. We appreciate it. Mother, mother, man. <laughs>